Welcome to the North Main Podcast, a production of North Main Street Church of God in Butler, Pennsylvania. This podcast brings you North Main's messages every week. We strive to know God intimately, grow in Christ continually, and go for Him daily. I invite you to listen in today as we explore the Bible and learn about its unchanging truths for living life God's way. Let's listen in to this week's message. Hallelujah. How many know if we can't come to church and be ourselves, where can we be ourselves? I learned a long time ago, church only works if you're honest. Some of you are going to leave the same way you came in. Yeah, you're going to go to Applebee's and I get it, but church only works if you're willing to take the mask off. Father, this morning, thank you for loving us. Thank you for the worship. Thank you for the leaders and the staff and the board. Thank you for those in the kids' wing and all the things that have gone on in this building. Thank you for the the no grow and go attitude. I'm thankful because the Great Commission has never changed. Jesus, you made it clear to go into all the world. That means around the world and at Butler, where we live in our homes and in our communities and at our job and every other place that we find ourselves at. Help us to make a difference. Help us not just to be hearers, but doers of the word. Challenge us. Set the bar higher, Lord. Help us to go deeper today. We give you praise. We give you glory. We give you thanks. And everybody said amen. Amen. I did forget to take my riddle in. I do apologize for that. So 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, I just want to share a few thoughts with you this morning. I want to talk about the power of prayer. Can I get an amen? I want to talk about the power of prayer. And 1 Thessalonians, quickly, chapter uh, 5 and verse 16 through 18, look at it. It says, be joyful always. I'm reading from the NIV. Be joyful always. Pray continually. And in everything, give thanks, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Now, stop there. Many times people wonder what God's will is for my life. It's kind of like a story I read of a guy who went on vacation. He came back, and his neighbor said, how would you find the weather? He said, I walked outside, and there it was. God's will is not confusing. Notice what it says. Be joyful always. Pray continually. Help me out. And in everything give, for this is God's. So guess what? God has a purpose and a plan for all of us. I get that. And that may be different for different people. I understand. But yet, may I remind you this morning, watch this, all eyeballs here. It is God's will this morning that you be joyful always, that you pray continually, and that you and I learn how to, and learn how to in everything give thanks. Because I tell you what, you learn how to be joyful always, pray continually, and in everything give thanks, you're going to make it. But I want you to catch this. We're not going to focus in on verse 16, be joyful always. That's a great message. Pastor Brandon will maybe cover that at some point. Verse 18, and in everything give thanks. That's another great message for another Sunday. But I want to focus on the next few moments on verse 17, which says, pray continually, or as the King James says, pray without ceasing. What have we said so far? It's God's will this morning that you're people that pray. It's God's will that I'm a person that prays and seeks his face. Are you with me? I want to give you three reasons, very simply and quickly, as to why we should pray. Number one, because Jesus did it. And if Jesus did it, certainly we need to do it. And if Jesus did it, we need to do it as well. May I remind you this morning, Jesus did it. And he's our example. Jesus considered, I found this interesting. Did you know that Jesus considered prayer more important than food? 
The Bible says that Jesus prayed before breakfast. Mark 1.35, it says very early in the morning, while it was still dark, Jesus got up and went to pray. I found it interesting. Secondly, Jesus, watch this, considered prayer more important than getting together with others and even healing sick people. Luke chapter 5 and verse 15, it says, Crowds of people came to hear him and to be healed of their sickness. Watch this. But Jesus often withdrew to a lonely place and prayed. Thirdly, I found it interesting that Jesus considered prayer more important than sleep. Luke 6, 12, it says, Jesus went out into the hills to pray and spent the night praying to God. Isn't it interesting that Jesus was willing to sacrifice the three things we all love, food, fellowship, and the pillow. Now, it's easy for me to preach on fasting because I'm going to a big picnic after this. But can you agree with me this morning? That if we had the same excitement for prayer and the word of God and all of these things as we do the buffets, may I remind you, if you go to a buffet and you leave hungry, it's your own fault. If you're here this morning and you leave the same way, it's not my issue. My point is, Jesus wants us to have that attitude just like we enjoy a meal. He wants us to seek that soul food, spend time locking ourselves in with him. I think we can all be honest, we don't hear enough talk about fasting. I call it a push away. We need to learn how to do some push aways. Secondly, Jesus sacrificed fellowship. A lot of times he left the crowd. He left those who wanted him and needed him in order to spend time with his father. May I remind you, some of you this morning, you're great communicators. You're all about Facebook. You've got the social media down packed. It's amazing. You know what everybody else is doing, but you don't know what God's doing and you don't know what you're doing. Help us all. And then when you look at Jesus, he was willing to give up something that I love, and that's sleep. Anybody like sleep? I love sleep. I love to take naps. I could come to your house and take a nap right now, Alan. I believe in rest. I believe in sleeping. When I'm up, I'm up. When I'm down, I'm down. But Jesus communicated the value of spending time with him. So if that's at night for you, that's at night for you. If it's in the morning for you, it's in the morning. But may I remind you, we need to do it because Jesus did it. Whenever Jesus faced important decisions, he prayed. When he faced discouragement, he prayed. When he wanted to quit, he prayed. When he was suffering in the Garden of Gethsemane, he prayed. When he was hanging on the cross, he prayed, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. Secondly, this morning, not only did Jesus do it, but secondly, watch this, he told us to do it. John 15, 7 says, if you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be given to you. How many of you have ever said, man, all I can do is pray about it? How many know that's the best thing you got going? Philippians 4, 6 says, do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and petition, make your requests known to God. He wants to hear from us. I've got some funny prayer requests from kids. Are you ready? Here's one. Dear God, I know you love me, but I wish you would give me an A on my report card so I could be sure. Here's one. Dear God, do I have to say grace before every meal, even when I'm only having peanut butter and jelly? Dear God, please help me in school. I need help in spelling, adding, history, geography, and writing. I don't need help in anything else. Well, what else is there? I'm <laughs> Here's one. Dear God, I'm saying my prayers for me and my brother Billy because Billy is only six months old and he can't do anything except sleep and wet his diapers. Poor guy. Psalms 12.1 says, help, Lord. How many know God's not impressed with your wording? He already knows you need help. 
Proverbs 15, 29 says, the Lord is far from the wicked, but here's the prayers of the righteous. Psalms 34, 17, the righteous cry out, and the Lord hears them. He delivers them from all their troubles. Jeremiah 33, verse 3, one of my favorites, call to me, and I will answer you and show you great and unsearchable things that you don't even know about. Matthew 7, 11, if, if you, though, the, though, though you were evil, know how to give good gifts to your kids, how much more does your heavenly Father know how to give good gifts to what? Those who ask. Matthew 7 and verse 7, ask and you'll receive, knock and, or ask and you'll receive, seek and you'll find, knock and the door will be open. James 4, 2 says we have not because we asked not. And believe me, I'm not here this morning talking about this, this prosperity stuff. I'm not talking about the old name and claim it, confess it and possess it, grab it and blab it type of deal. Oh, no. I'm just talking about people that are in communion with God. Let me give you some facts about prayer. Are you ready? Prayer unlocks the doors of heaven and releases the power of God. Here's another thought. Many Christians want to work for God, but they don't want to pray to God. It's kind of like the Mary and Martha story. Prayer isn't easy because it goes against, prayer isn't easy, watch this, listen to this. Prayer is not easy because it goes against our natural way of doing things. We want to fix things, change things, take care of things, get our hands on things, instead of going to God in prayer about things. Prayer is unnatural, prayer is supernatural, that's why prayer gets God's attention. Prayer isn't hard to understand, but it's hard to do. Guess what, friends, watch this, prayers work. There's no easy answers. There are no shortcuts. You can read books. You can go to seminars. You can see speakers. You can memorize scriptures and mottos. You can go to conferences and watch all kinds of things on the subject. But the only way to learn how to pray is by doing it. It's been said that some Christians stay in the kindergarten stage of the Christian life. They like naps, recess, and snack time. It's work. You're going to get your... Hands dirty, spiritually speaking. You know, I've been traveling as an evangelist since 1996. This has been my job for many years. I'm also on staff at our church in uh, Mars, Valencia, Cranberry, off of 228 Balls Bend up on the Hill Crossway community. Last weekend I was in Latrobe. Next weekend I'm in Albany, New York. So I travel around. My favorite song is On the Road Again. But I remember in the early days I was dating my wife, Jennifer. How many have met Jennifer? What a beautiful lady. What a great wife, what a great mom, my best friend going on 20 years. I used to have the saying, I'm saved, sanctified, single, and searching. Saved, single, sanctified, searching. Now I'm married, broke, insane, and crazy. I didn't get married until I was 34. I'm 54 with three, three smaller kids, 15, just turned 14. And my son Brady, I thought was, I think he's 11, but I've been telling everybody he's 12. My in-laws are here. How old is Brady? Is he 12? He's 11. I thought he was 12. I'm sorry. Does it really matter? <laughs> I thought I was 44 for like three years. My wife is like, you're not 44. I'm like, what? But I remember years ago, we were dating, and I would book my meetings from the Cathedral of Learning while she was at Pitt. And that was back when we had phone cards. And I was trying to book meetings on the phone with pastors, and you got a little window to make this gig happen. And it, was, and it would say, you got, you know, five minutes left on the card. I'm trying to find money to get the card going so I don't lose the gig. But I remember uh, in the early days as well, I was in Wheeling, West Virginia. How many remember pay phones? 
And I was at a payphone in West Virginia. I was in Morgantown. Then I was going south, so I was in Wheeling. Uh, and I remember being in a phone booth at nighttime. I, I could not figure out how to see to look at the phone book. And someone walking by said, if you want to turn the light on, you got to shut the door. Remember those phone booths? The light would come on when the door would shut. Jesus said the same thing. Matthew chapter 6 and verse 5, when we pray, to be careful not to let our righteous acts be seen by men because we'll receive a reward. But when we pray, go and do it in private. Shut the door and seek the Lord in secret. Can you be honest with me this morning? How many know we need to learn how to shut the door to the TV, to the computer, to our emails, to the cell phone, to the things to do list, to the bills? Because they'll always be there. We have to learn how to shut the door. And you know what happens? Just like I had to shut the door for the light to come on in the phone booth, when you and I are willing to make the sacrifice and shut the door to all the stuff, the light comes on. God will speak to you. God will say yes, no, maybe, wait, not now. He'll tell you to do stuff, to say things, to take a, a, a dive, to, to accept a challenge, to minister, to love on somebody. He'll speak to you about stuff. But many times we don't know what we're doing and we don't know what God is doing because we are not taking the time to shut the door and allow him. See, God's always speaking. It's just a matter of who's willing to listen. And how many of the truth will set you free, but the truth only sets you free when you're willing to listen to it. Some of you aren't willing to shut the door and listen to God because he has some things to tell you and you just don't want to hear it. That's really another message for another day as well. But I can't help but think when you preach on prayer, you got to get 2 Chronicles 7.14 in there. How many of you know that verse? If my people, not those who aren't saved, not those who aren't Christians, not those who don't know better, not those who aren't born again here at North Main Street, the Church of God with Pastor Brandon Leonard. No, if my people, look at the ingredients, who are called by my name will humble themselves. That's the first step. And then pray. Then seek my face. And when you humble yourself, pray and seek his face, you're going to start turning. If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves, pray, seek my face, turn from their wicked ways, then will I hear from heaven and forgive their sin and heal their land. It's no surprise that we need healing. We need forgiveness as a nation, as a country, as a world, man. It starts with us, the believers, those who know the difference, the remnant. Humble themselves, pray, seek my face, turn. Then the good stuff happens. God will do the forgiving and the healing. But there's a part that we have to play. And then lastly, as we close. And one thing I learned a long time ago about preaching, when you say you're closing, mean it. People get excited about the word close. Oh, yeah. You know it. So I'm not going to close six times. How many have ever heard a preacher close six times? Yeah. Not, not this guy. Not this guy. No, not, not him. Everybody else, not him. Jesus did it. He told us to do it. And then lastly, catch this. We can't live without it. How many of you are here today because somebody prayed for you? You're here today because somebody prayed for your life. You owe it to others to do the favor and do the same. Pay it forward. The Bible says that our battle is not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and spirits in high places. We need to realize that the spirit world is more real than the physical.
The stuff you're going through in your marriage and home and family, addictions, fear, discouragement, anxiety, depression, and don't act like those things don't exist in this church because I can assure you they do. I want you to know this morning that we have victory, not in ourselves, but through Christ and because of Christ and in Christ, we have the victory. The battle is the Lord's and the victory is ours. You're saved. You've been delivered, some of you. You've been healed. You've been convicted. God has pulled you out of a slimy pit. That's all because somebody prayed for you. The most powerful thing we can do this morning, friends, is pray for people. Pray for your relatives. Pray for your children. Pray for your parents. Pray for the unsaved. Confess your sins. Pray for situations. Cast your cares and burdens upon him. Pray for an attitude adjustment. Pray for the problems you're dealing with. Strongholds, struggles, relationships, direction, temptation. Pray for your pastors. Pray for churches. Pray for your leaders. Pray for the president. Pray for guidance, more of God, his will to be done. Whether it's a financial concern, pray for holiness, your community, your schools, your neighborhood, your coworkers. And how about this one? Pray for your enemies. Have we forgotten about that one? Let me tell you this for what it's worth. This isn't in my notes, but I want to say this. Prayer doesn't always change your circumstances. But prayer changes you. God's more concerned about getting to you than your issues and your circumstances. And in fact, many times God will use things and issues and circumstances to get to you because that's how much he loves you. And he loves you too much to let you stay the same. Acts 6, 4 says, we devoted ourselves to prayer and the ministry of the word. If any of you have been saved any length of time, you know the name Jim Cimbala. Pastors of Brooklyn Tabernacle Church in New York City, I've been there for a service, never preaching, but just to attend. But they're world-renowned and well-known all around the globe for their Tuesday night prayer meeting, which wraps around buildings all through the city just to get in to pray. You would think they were giving $100 bills away. But Jim Simmel in one of his books shared how at one of their Tuesday night prayer meetings, they were praying for his own daughter. I mean, a lot of pastors' kids go through stuff. A lot of pastors go through things because it's tough being in the ministry. How many understand that? Your life's in a fishbowl. There's a lot of pressure on you. You've got to always be on your game. We're human, though, folks. And so Pastor Jim Simmel, his own daughter, here he's a pastor of a huge church, and his own daughter had run away from God, and she rebelled, and she was hurting. And the entire church was praying for her during those weekly prayer meetings. And one night, she woke up the daughter with a strong feeling that someone was praying for her. The next day, she went back home. And the first question she asked her dad was, who's been praying for me? She asked Jesus to come back into her life. And she committed her heart back to God and her family. 2 Timothy chapter 1 and verse 3 says, I remember you in my prayers day and night. Romans 12, 12 says, be joyful in hope, patient in affliction, and faithful in prayer. You know, I often hear Christians say, I don't know what to pray about. I don't know what to, I, I don't have the right words. Does God really care about all that? He just wants you to make an effort. He just wants you to take a step forward. He just wants you to open your hearts. Many of you say, you know, I, I, I don't know what to, you know, I don't, I don't have the words. You know, when, you, when, you, when your kids were small, how old are your kids? Young. What are they? Seven. Seven, okay. When your kids are even younger than that, how many parents, you know, when your kids are young, can't even speak yet, isn't it amazing how they can communicate to you very clearly what's going on without ever saying any real words? It's grunts and noises and that kind of stuff. 
God who made us and created us and designed us and gave us breath, you don't think he knows about you? He's not concerned with what you sound like. And you know, sometimes we don't know what to pray for. The Bible covers that in Romans 8, 26. It says, in the same way the Spirit helps us in our weakness. We don't know what to pray for. But the Spirit helps us intercede for us with groans and words that, and words that we can't express. And he who searches our hearts knows the mind of the Spirit because the Spirit intercedes for the saints in accordance with God's will. Would you stand? We're done. If our worship team would come, or if you want to put a CD in, In just a moment, I'm going to close in prayer. And the service is pretty much done in some respects. But I've been doing this a long time, and I'm convinced that there are people that miss out on a life-changing opportunity. And what I simply mean is this, and I want you to look at me for a moment. I'm going to, I'm going to move the music stand. I'm going to get out of the way. And it's you and God. So what does all this mean for you? Some of you don't pray and you know it. Some of you used to have a prayer time and you've lost it because of being busy and I get it. Some of you don't really care. Some of you are unsure about what you want to do. You're, you're not even sure about the whole God thing. Hey, I get it. But I got news for you. Whether you believe it or not, the reality is this. Jesus is still Lord. For God still loved the world that he gave his son. He loves you. You need to choose to love him, like the pastor said even about the offering. He gave us all this stuff. He just wants us to give back what's already his anyway. I mean, it's a test. All the stuff you got, it's not your stuff. It's God's. He lets you manage it. You're just a steward. You can't take it with you when you die. Billy Graham made it clear. I've never seen a Hertz pull you haul. Yes, I get it. But here we are today. Some of you need prayer. You know why? Some of your marriages are falling apart. I see it every weekend. The devil's out to ruin the family. The devil's out to ruin marriages. There's addictions in this building. Some of you have issues and struggles, and your kids and your family have it. Some of you are dealing with fear and discouragement, depression, anxiety, insecurity, loneliness, regret, anger, jealousy, bitterness. You're loving too much of the stuff that has nothing to do with God. Your, 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 your focus and your motives are wrong, and you've got a heart condition physically as well as spiritually, and you need a breakthrough. You need some changes. You need, to, uh, you need to be honest. Some of you need a job. Some of you need a financial miracle. Some of you need a healing in your body. Some of you have been given some medical news that's not very good. One of my best friends is on his deathbed at Presby. He's been there for three months. He's the one who introduced me to my wife preaching a tent meeting back in 1996. So I'm living with the whole family this stuff. And we're believing God for a breakthrough. It's not been easy at all. I don't know what you're facing. Yes, you can jet out of here. God bless you. Have a great summer. Yay! But if you're here and you want prayer, you're here and you need prayer, you're here and you say, God, I need God. The altars are open. Father, oh, thank you, Lord. Thank you, God, for loving us. And whether we respond, you still love us. Whether we're willing to even call on you for help, as crazy and as silly as that would be for any of us to not call on you for help, you still love us. You say, you know what? I'm here to help you, but if you don't want my help, I'm not going to push myself on you. 
So, Lord, forgive us for our independent spirit. Forgive us for thinking that we can do this on our own. Forgive us for thinking we can go, go on without you and needing you. It's, it's absolutely ludicrous. But you're also looking for honesty. If my people, we have to make a move. There's something we have to do on our part. The Bible is a book of promises, but there's always a part that we have to play. So touch families. Touch those through today that are hurting or discouraged. Touch the addictions represented. Touch the fear and the anxiety and the worry. Touch those who need a job. Touch those who need a healing in their body. Touch someone who needs peace in their mind. Touch someone who's dealing with whether or not they think God is even real and they've got doubts and questions. Thank you for loving us. We give you glory, God. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for joining us this week. Check back next week as we dig deeper and go further in our understanding of God's Word. Make sure to visit us on our website, www.northmaincog.org, where you can learn more about us. If you found value in today's message, we'd appreciate a rating on iTunes, or if you'd simply tell a friend about the show, that would be helpful too. Donating to the ongoing ministry of North Main is easy. Just go to our website and click on the Give tab at the top of the screen. Thanks for listening. We look forward to you joining us again next week.